0: You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com.
1: You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House
0: of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player, Ashley Adams.
2: Okay, you have some skill.
3: Hello, listeners. Welcome to House of Cards. I'm Ashley Adams, your host for the hour. We have two great guests, uh, one representing the brain, one representing the heart. Uh, The first guest representing the brain, I guess, is Tom Balance. He is the president and chief operating officer of the Borgata in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And he's going to be talking about how the Borgata is going online. They have the first gambling permit in Atlantic City to offer intrastate internet gaming, including poker. He's going to talk about how, when, and why this is going to go forward. So I can't wait to have him on. And then, speaking right to my heart, is Jason DeLoya, who is the fundraiser extraordinaire who has put together the Turek No Limit Texas Hold'em Poker Tournament 10 years in a row in Port Chester, New York. We're going to have him on to talk about this year's No Limit Texas Poker Tournament going off on November eighteenth, 2013. Stay tuned and listen to that. You'll enjoy it. And if you're within 500 miles, you're going to want to go. Stay tuned.
4: Just use offer code B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com.
5: Are you or a loved one currently suffering from arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and can't get relief from current treatments? If so, there may be another option. Local physicians are conducting research studies in your area today, and you may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation for participation. These studies are confidential and are taking place for a limited time. Call 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN today to see if you qualify. Health insurance is not required. Call 855-912-7246
0: You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. You are more in need of a night in Atlantic City than any man I've ever met. I'd say sit down at a table, go for dinner, see a show, take a walk on the boardwalk and smell the salt air. But if you're anything like me, nothing after sit down at a table is going to happen.
3: Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, We all know the Borgata as certainly the nicest place to play poker in Atlantic City, one of the three or four nicest poker rooms in the country. And now we are going to see the Borgata. It is the first Internet gaming portal in New Jersey. They are legalizing intra-Internet gambling, including poker, starting with the day after Thanksgiving. And we have to talk about it. Tom Balance, who is the President and Chief Operating Officer of the Borgata Hotel, Casino, and Spa. So without any further ado, Tom, are you there?
2: I am here, Ashley. It's good to hear from you. How are you?
3: Well, we're very good. I'm very good. And I'm eager to hear what is actually going to happen. So why don't you start by giving us a an overview of what intrastate Internet gambling will be in New Jersey and specifically at the Borgata. How's it going to work?
2: Sure. Well, uh, interstate uh, internet gaming in New Jersey is that you will be able to play any game that is legal in a casino, in a brick-and-mortar casino in New Jersey, online while you are standing within the borders of New Jersey. So you don't need to be a New Jersey resident. You can be from anywhere, but you do need to be in New Jersey at the time that that you gamble. Okay, let me um, so. stop
3: you right there because that raises a technical question that I get asked all the time. How are they going to know? If you have, for example, an iPad or a laptop of some kind, and you're in New York, and you've registered in New Jersey and done all the stuff you're going to talk to us about, about how you actually get in, and you're on the George Washington Bridge, how is anybody going to know which side of the border you're on?
2: Yeah, We'll deploy uh, Well, our, our partner, who is uh, B-Win Party. Uh, that that will actually be that actually has developed all the software that that our platform rides on. Uh, they will be integrating with a geolocation service that monitors where uh, every device is, and also has a double check. So, let's say your your IP address is from your home computer, and we know that. It also is looking for it to ping off of the nearest cell tower. I see. Um, and if it doesn't pass that test, it may try to ping off the nearest telephone, that the, the nearest cell phone to you, which will have a GPS in it. Uh, so it, this is very, very sophisticated stuff. All right. No cheating.
3: Okay. But, well, yeah, no. okay. But okay. So, so how's it going? Let's say... Let's say, I am a, uh, let's say I'm a New York resident, but I travel to A.C. instead of Foxwoods uh, or Mohegan Sun because I like going to the Borgata because it's such a wonderful, plush, great room. And now I've been told, hey, I can play online. How do you do it?
2: Uh, well, you will simply uh, you know, go to theborgata.com, which is our current website. Uh, and theborgata.com will have portals into borgatapoker.com. And into BorgataCasino.com. Uh Once you you know choose one of those two uh, sites to go to, uh, there is a registration process, and you know you run through the registration. Once you run through the registration process, you then select your payment method, uh, set up an account, and you know start gambling. So uh, I don't have the- to
3: physically deposit cash in a casino. I can just do it online from the comfort of my home, provided my home. Or where I'm at is New Jersey. Is that right?
2: Um, that is that is correct. And candidly, um, the regs aren't fully clear yet. You may be able to make a deposit um, from outside of New Jersey. Simply, you simply wouldn't be able to make a wager until you reach New Jersey. I so, see. let's say you wanted to set your account up while you were in New York, right? Right, and you know have your uh, and have, have your account active and your money deposited. So that you know, once you cross the border and your friend was driving and you wanted to play on your cell phone, you know you don't have to go through all the rigmarole of uh, you know setting up your uh, your payment methods and, and and things like that.
3: I can just I can just see a guy uh, from Delaware driving into New, driving home from New Jersey and he's online on his phone. His friend's driving. He's on his phone. He's in a, a game, and he has got you know a wonderful hand. And, oh, my God, I just crossed crossed into Delaware. I've lost my connection. But (laughs) what stakes are going to be offered? Do you know yet?
2: Um, We haven't clarified it. Um, We we will have, um, you know, as is often the case in online, there will be a very low limit. Um, You know, poker, blackjack, those things. I mean, like, you know, penny and nickel. Uh, But we will also offer, you know, more traditional stakes, you know, five dollar, ten dollar, and you know, you know, fifty dollar, hundred dollar games as well for those people that uh, that want to play on them.
3: All right, all good answers so far. I got a I got a, a bunch more questions. Uh, one of the criticisms for online poker before it was regulated was that it wasn't regulated, so you didn't know if people were cheating. And by gosh, uh, at least for Absolute Poker and a few others, they were cheating. How are these games going to be secured? What's going to be the mechanism for making sure that none of the operators are giving uh, secret hand codes to other players, et cetera? Who's going to have their eyes on the people that are running the games?
2: Sure. Well, well, you know, interestingly enough, uh, as the operator, we are very motivated to to not have people that are cheating. You know, let's say, you know, two people sitting in the same room where they know each other's hands. Right. Right. that they can beat up who they're on the game with because we want the customers to be able to play and enjoy their money as long as they can, right? We, 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 if we, we make, especially in poker, we make our money off the rake. Right. We, you're, you're not betting against us. Uh, so there are very sophisticated tools that, uh, that, that all of the uh, online suppliers have developed where it watches very closely every hand and, you know, just has algorithms built in that say, you know, these guys are playing too perfect of a game. You know, they know something. Kick them out of the game. Uh, so it, it's really a fascinating, uh, you know, a, a technologies that, that they have and, and that they uh, can monitor that with.
3: Yes, I think I used to get into debates about this online when people said, oh, you could cheat by having a room filled with people that know each other and they're all playing against somebody, and I said, but the online site has an incentive to make sure the games don't uh, get crooked because people will stop playing and that will hurt them. So I hear what you're saying. We're going to take a break and then we'll be right back.
4: Are you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well then buzz on over to bzid.com.
0: Don't just listen to House of Cards. Now you can be part of the show with the House of Cards Hotline. Call us at 609-474-HOCR and leave a message for Ashley and the rest of the House of Cards crew. Comments about the show, poker questions, you just want us to know about great places to play, or you just got bluffed out of a pot. Your messages may even be played on the air. Give us a call at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. The House of Cards Hotline. Available 24 hours a day. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams.
3: The ambassador of poker.
0: Join us online at HouseOfCardsRadio.com.
3: Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. And for listeners who just tuned in, we're talking to Tom Balance, who is the president and chief operating officer of the Borgata. A couple of questions about uh, what is perhaps seen as a uh, contradictory economic uh, strategy. Are you concerned at least a little that some of this online stuff will take business away from your brick-and-mortar business?
2: Well, I, I think that it's going to be accretive overall. Uh, for, first of all... Wait, wait, what does know, that
3: mean, accretive overall?
2: Uh, I think overall we're, there's going to be more business. Oh, right?
3: so, okay. It will so, be good for business.
2: Yeah, I think overall it will be more business. Uh, so let's just look at the first, first layer of that is, by and large, the online gamer is a very different customer than the brick-and-mortar gamer. Uh, you know, I mean, I told you about penny and five-cent blackjack... Uh, well, that is the lion's share of the blackjack revenue in the in the online world. That is clearly not our current customer. Right. You know, our customers, you know, you can't have a five-cent blackjack game that you pay a dealer to deal. So it gives people an opportunity to play who otherwise would not have played. Uh, there will be some amount of people who, you know, who, who play uh, in brick-and-mortar, That will play online and I think that may affect their wallet a little bit in the brick-and-mortar world but I believe that'll be offset by those people that choose to play online who just for whatever reason haven't come to Atlantic City yet uh, and discover that they like playing and they like playing you know $10 blackjack Uh, and then once they do that online and we know them uh, we can invite them down uh, so I think we, we have the opportunity to create new customers for brick-and-mortar and, mortar, uh, and you know, develop a bunch of new customers for online that will way more than offset the, the small number of uh, trips that we lose to people who choose to game online rather than, uh, than, than in a casino for a, a trip or two.
3: Okay, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, in fact, it leads to another question. What do you say to critics who say, yes, exactly right, this will introduce a whole new... A group of people to gambling, and including uh, young people who aren't really 21 yet, who are going to start gaming, uh, maybe on their parents' account, maybe because of lax oversight for making sure that only legal um, majors are playing and no minors are playing. How do you address those critics?
2: Well, I'll say that, uh, you know, in the state of New Jersey, uh, we have got a governor who has said that we are going to legalize online gaming and that we will employ... The highest standards of responsible gaming in the world, uh, and that is the way our division of gaming enforcement is approaching uh, online gaming here, and that is the way the regulations are being written. So I think that uh, it's it's going to be you know very difficult for people to uh, gamble online who are not 18. Now, can we stop the I'll call it idiot parent that will give their kid their Social Security set up an account and do all that and then say here gamble. Uh, I don't think we can any differently than we can stop the idiot parent that goes and buys a, you know, bottle of scotch for their 15 year old kid and leaves it in the house. I think uh, that makes a lot but, of sense to me. You know, but 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 we have got very very strict responsible gaming standards that are uh, going to be that are going to be uh, installed here in New Jersey.
3: You want to tell us what they are, or is that too technical to go into? I mean, I'm wondering. I mean, it used to be when we had illegal online poker, a lot of 16, 17, 14 year olds were playing because the oversight was pretty easy to get around. They asked you a question: Are you 18? And if you answered yes, that was it. What else can you do?
2: Yeah. Well. Well. I mean, if let's say you you, you need to match up the social security number of the person uh, to the real person uh, and go into banks where you know that it's not a deceased social security number. Uh, you, you match up the credit card and the address to the person. It, it is it, There are very, very sophisticated know-your-customer tools that are you know, deployed all across Europe today, and uh, you know New Jersey is just basically requiring the strictest standards in all. I mean, people will be able to set time limits for themselves before they before they go on they'll be able to set uh, loss limits on a daily basis loss limits on an aggregate basis uh, you know there are there's just every protection that you could imagine built in
3: okay that, you know you're 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 preaching to the choir here and I think our listening audience is as well but I want to make sure that we're being thorough let me ask you about something else that occurs to me what kind of cross borgata promotional stuff may go on between your new online presence, and your brick-and-mortar casino? Are you thinking of free rolls for poker tournaments or uh, that you'll be uh, anything like that that you are have in the future?
2: Yeah, well, without getting into specifics, uh, because candidly we're developing these things and preparing to launch in a relatively short time, and we would like those cats to get out of the bag when we want them to, uh, but not now. But let's just say that we are... We believe that our presence as a brick-and-mortar casino, is, and especially the brick-and-mortar casino with our brand and our reputation, is an enormous uh, competitive advantage, uh, especially in the poker world. You know, we, uh, you know we, we own about 50% of the poker market in the brick-and-mortar world in Atlantic City. Uh, so poker players know us, they like us, they trust us, uh, and we absolutely have, you know, really great prizes for an online poker player to, to win. You know what I mean? To win your way into the Borgata Poker Open is a nice prize.
3: That's for sure. Uh, just to play, absolutely, because you've had huge prizes at the Borgata Open as well. Uh, I get questions a lot about how I think national gaming or international online poker is going to be resurrected. And one of the lines of thought that, you know, I, Nelson Rose, the gambling lawyer, or the lawyer who talks and writes a lot about gambling, uh, speculates is that there will eventually be a bunch of states that, like New Jersey, will have legal intra-state Internet gambling and that they will link together. Do you foresee that happening any time in the next year or two, or is that really beyond your horizon when it comes to what's going to be happening next?
2: You know, it, it is really tough to handicap uh, politicians uh, and politics in different <laughs> states sure. and how quickly they'll move or how quickly they won't move. Um, but I, what I would say is that uh, if there is a, you know, if, if uh, online gaming is anything like brick-and-mortar gaming, if it is successful, and we believe it will be, uh, and if it generates some good tax revenue for the states that other states will look to follow, uh, and that we welcome the opportunity to have some cross-state compacts, uh, you know, po- poker especially. You know, it's all about uh, having liquidity, having, having enough players to have, you know, a bunch of great games. Uh, so we would welcome the opportunity to uh, be able to, you know, have some interstate gaming, uh, even if it's just with, you know, select states.
3: Great. Any projections on how much revenue this may produce uh, for the state of New Jersey?
2: Well, you know, analyst estimates are all over the place, right? Uh, They they range from two hundred million to a billion two, right? A year. Uh, We think that you know the low estimates too low and the high estimates too high. uh, That it's it's going to gravitate somewhere toward the middle of that.
3: That's Uh, enormous. Two hundred million to one point two billion for the state.
2: Yeah, that's those are analyst estimates, but again. If, if it's 200 million to 1.2 billion they're not all that reliable but right. even if
3: it's just 200 million what an enormous benefit to the state of New Jersey I had no idea the numbers at the low end were that big that's no, well, that, now what is the Borgata estimate
2: that's the gaming revenue not the tax revenue
3: oh oh, 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 oh the, I was asking what the estimate is for the tax revenue
2: no 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 I'm sorry no that's the gaming revenue not the tax revenue so take 15 percent of that <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so
3: 30 million to. Um, thirty million to a hundred ninety or two hundred million, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Okay, that's more in keeping with what I was thinking. I was, Whoa, that's a bonanza. Okay, well, <laughs> let's hope that. it's I'm on the high question. end. Do you have any idea what the rake is likely to be? I know that's kind of uh, micro uh, a micro matter, but do you have any idea?
2: Yeah, you know, we're really uh, kind of sitting tight and seeing, uh, you know, how the rake comes out. There's going to be a bunch of new competitors in this market. And not knowing where other people are going to land, it's it, it's a little tough to forecast. That right. Well, rate. I'll have to put in my my point two dollar rake,
3: two dollar maximum <laughs> rake.
2: I'm just going to say it every time
3: anybody asks two dollar maximum rake. If I don't start that low, uh, who will? Right? That's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, we've enjoyed having you on, and I'm eager to have you on after the 26th of November when everything launches fully. Is that right? That's still the date, the day after or the day before Thanksgiving this year.
2: Well, I mean, to clear up what that is, that is the earliest date that anybody can operate Ah, in New Jersey.
3: When are Uh, you looking to launch?
2: That's not the date that everyone can. Uh, We are looking to be among the the first to launch, uh, certainly targeting that time frame. But, you know, at Borgata, just like in our brick-and-mortar business, uh, number one, we're going to make sure it's a great product. Great. You know.
3: I'm sure it will be. We're
2: going to be sure that it's well-tested and that all of our responsible gaming controls work, uh, and that our payment processes work, and that it is a great experience for our customers, and, you know, and, and, and none of this is fully tested yet. Um, and then third, we want to be sure that we launch you know, among the very first in the market, uh, and, and we're very confident that we'll be able to, to do that. But we are not hanging our hat on you know, November 26th or 27th or anything like that.
3: Okay, I'm sure you guys will be the best. Uh, The Borgata has always been the best place to play uh, in Atlantic City, and uh, I'm looking forward to this greatly. I can't wait to come down and be able to play on the Internet. So good luck. We hope to have you back on after your launch. Okay, we've been talking to Tom Balance, who is the President and Chief Operating Officer of the Borgata, uh, and we're looking forward to online poker in New Jersey coming up in a month or two. Stay tuned. We're going to come back with another guest.
0: Hey, Jersey, we want to hear from you. Send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com or leave a message at our hotline at 609-474-4627.
5: Are you or a loved one currently suffering from arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and can't get relief from current treatments? If so, there may be another option. Local physicians are conducting research studies in your area today, and you may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation for participation. These studies are confidential and are taking place for a limited time. Call 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN today to see if you qualify. Health insurance is not required. Call 855-912-7246.
0: Hey, this is Dave Weishadol from House of Cards. With your House of Cards gaming report for the week of October 28, 2013. Caesars Entertainment is pulling out of a $1 billion joint venture with Suffolk Down Racetrack in its bid to build Boston's first casino. After a background check, the State Gaming Commission raised concerns over Caesars' partnership with Ganzenvoort Hotel Group on a separate project. The Associated Press reported that the background check found that an investor of Gans and Vort allegedly had ties to organized crime in Russia. Caesars has also terminated its partnership with Gans and Vort. After awarding its first ever internet gaming license to the Borgata a couple weeks ago, New Jersey has awarded four more casinos their licenses to provide online gaming in the state. The Golden Nugget, the Trump Taj Mahal, the Trump Plaza, and the Tropicana have all been issued licenses according to the New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement. Internet gambling will go live in New Jersey on November 26th, following a five-day trial period. And finally, the Poker Hall of Fame announced its class of 2013 inductees. And that class consisted of only two men, Tom McAvoy and Scotty Wynn. McAvoy was the 1983 World Series of Poker Main Event Champion, and Wynn was the 1998 Main Event Champ. They will be inducted the day before the 2013 World Series Main Event Final Table at the Rio in Vegas. Congratulations from all of us at House of Cards. Have any news or tips regarding casinos gaming or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio.
4: Are you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well then buzz on over to bzid.com.
0: This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams.
3: Now, I do some other stuff, but poker, that's the thing I do best. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams, and you're listening to House of Cards. You know, uh, I love having guests on the show who can show how good Poker can be not just for poker players and casinos, but for the larger world that we live in. And so I am very, very excited and proud to have as my guest a guy who has raised, well, with this year's tournament, it's going to go over. I think I'm going to predict it's going to go over a quarter of a million dollars that he personally with poker tournaments has raised for multiple sclerosis research. He is the organizer behind the Turek No Limit Hold'em poker tournaments that have been held down in Port Chester, New York. The 10th one is coming up, and I'm going to let him talk about it. His name is Jason DeLoya. He is an extraordinary organizer and fundraiser and uh, a pretty darn good poker player, too. Jason, are you there?
1: I am here, and it's a pleasure to be here, Ashley. Thank you.
3: Well, we're happy to have you on House of Cards. I've known you now for 10 years. Tell me. The, our listeners, your story of how this all got started and what it is that you do every year for multiple sclerosis.
1: Well, um, 10 years ago, I, uh, I just wanted to do something to raise some money for my mother-in-law who suffers from MS. And I'm a huge fan of poker. I played college uh, poker with seven-card stud, I know that home game stuff. But I really thought Texas Holder would be a great tool to raise money. And being that I had a lot of friends and family that could support this cause, I said, you know what, well, let me do a charity poker event and see how it is. So what I did was I reached out to anyone that was stores or companies that would be able to donate prizes to me so, therefore, I could give these prizes away. That does two things. One, the companies donate prizes to me, and they get a write-off, and then I can give these prizes away for free, and I make money off of these prizes for the cause. So it's a win-win for everyone in this situation. And the first year you were there, Ashley, and I reached out to you just via email, just to see if you'd be interested, and you came down with open arms. And I was trying to impress you. I was trying to impress – I didn't know what the heck I was doing, to be honest with you, my first year. But I made the tables myself. I got the chips donated. I got the cards donated. All the local casinos were able to give me some cards to play with. And I got prized to give away. And the first annual event was off. And then I just got more and more into it. I got more, uh, and then my network grew. I was able to leverage Greg Raymer that you introduced me to to give away my second year a twelve thousand dollar top prize. Yep. So, so now, so now my my standard went from a thirty five hundred dollar big screen TV ten years ago to a twelve thousand dollar top prize in the second year.
3: Yep. I got to tell you, listeners. Um... This is an extraordinary thing. A lot of you may have heard of charity tournaments, uh, but I can tell you this is like no charity tournament I've been connected to. Most charity tournaments, a huge percentage of the money that people use to buy in goes into the prizes. In fact, poker players complain if they only get 70%. So often these charity tournaments that you see for one cause or another, really they're like. Casino tournaments where the casino operator takes some money. And, yeah, they spin out a little bit for charity, but they're really just like casino tournaments. This, the 10th annual Turek No Limit Texas Hold'em Poker Tournament, which we'll give out all the websites and everything before the show is over, and we'll have them on our website. Uh, This is the real deal. All the money, every penny, plus extra money that people use for raffles and other things that go on, auctions they've had. All the money, every penny goes to the tournament. I mean, goes to the charity. There's no money that goes to the winner because all the prizes are donated, including, I mean, tons of stuff. You've never seen so many prizes that different local charities, national groups, famous people, all sorts of stuff. So tell our listeners how they can go to this thing, where it's going to be, how they get involved, how they can participate.
1: Okay, well, the website is mscharitypoker.com, and pretty much go on there, and there's a Donate button. You click on that, and the donation is $200, and it buys you a seat for a chance to win a main event seat to the 2004 World Series of Poker.
3: And it gets you a wonderful lunch, right? You get food, too. Oh, yeah.
1: This food is unbelievable. Um, I'm a big fan of the chicken scarpiello, and I eat too much every year. But, you know, it's once a year, so I don't care. <laughs> and listeners, listeners
3: going to be there. You know, I'll be there. I'm no bigwig compared to the other people who are there. Matt Matros, who is a world-famous player, has written Education of a Poker Player, I think, and um, some other stuff. He's going to be there. Andy Block who's one of the high-stakes poker players you've seen on all the poker TV shows is going to be there. Then they have some other talent, comedian Gumba Johnny, sports artist James Ferentino. Um So it's going to be a great time. What else are you having? Are you having any sports memorabilia auction or anything like that, or is it just going to be the
1: tournament? This is one of the things—the the beauty of my tournament. Um, as the people donate money, it gives me flexibility to spend on prizes and stuff. To, to so, I'll wait to the last second just to get and maximize my deal and package everything up to to buy the least amount of spend the most amount least amount of money and get the maximum amount of prizes. So I'll wait to the end till uh, Friday afternoon to contact people and get prizes for the event itself.
3: Well, the first place prize is a World Series of Poker Seat for 2014. Second place, I'm looking at the sheet that I got here, $2,500 Big Stack Classic. Is that still in the mix? Yes,
1: it is. And I, I feel I need to spend more money to bring more players in. And that tournament is at Mohegan Sun, I think, on November 18th.
3: Yes, November 18th. And then do you still have a World Poker Tour boot camp school? Is that still a prize? That is still a Oh, fantastic! And then I know you've had the big TVs, you've had all sorts of appliances, stuff like that. This will be great. So, how much can you raise if people pay two hundred bucks a head, and uh, some people actually donate money just to be generous? And there are rebuys involved. How much money can this year's tournament raise for MS research?
1: My my goal is twenty thousand. Um, I don't go too crazy. I don't want you know. I'm, I'm spending more because I want to make this extra special this year. It's ten years. I can't believe it's been ten years. I still can't fathom the fact I have 10 commemorative poker chips on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> Every year I get a commemorative poker chip, and, and I do a unique color. And I can't believe I have 10 in front of me.
3: Well, I can also say there will be a gift for the first person busted out, because I will contribute a copy of my book to and, and an hour of free lessons online to the first player who is knocked out my book, Winning No Limit Hold'em, not my stud book but my No Limit book, because I figure the first guy knocked out of the tournament probably needs some advice about how to play. So you can put that down on your list. I'll bring an extra copy with me. And uh, you will have a great time. You'll meet some great poker players, Andy Block and Matt Matros, and some not-too-shabby poker players like me and Jason. And uh, it is a great time. What else should people know? Anything else? Where are you located? Where is this going to be?
1: This event is going to be in Port Chester, New York. Um, It's on Westchester Avenue. It's right near the train station. If you can't drive, you can take the train station and walk up to the restaurant. Um, You know, not for nothing, but this charity event is more of a family reunion at this point. It's a time where everyone just gets together and just shares a day to catch up, play some cards, experience bad beats, walk away with some prizes, and walk away with a story. And then that, that, in a nutshell, is just what it's all about. You know, I do get emotional when I speak because this event is from my heart. And it's, it's, it's just awesome to see everyone come together for a cause like mine. Port Chester, really by the means,
3: way, just so listeners know, Port Chester is right on the Connecticut border, right off the Connecticut uh, Route 95. It's It couldn't be more convenient if you're in New York or Boston and you want an excuse to travel. Uh, it's... It's about a three-hour drive door-to-door door from where I live in Boston to the uh, to Port Chester. If you're in New York, it's under an hour. I think you can get there in about 45 minutes if you live in Manhattan or in the Bronx, even less. Um, it's not hard to find. A great place, a great tournament. And uh, any memorable –
1: you've had some sports celebrities show up too, haven't you? Yeah, I've had John Starks, which was a really nice – Nice way to go. Um, I've also had Antonio Estendari. Yes, so I
3: remember now. that, the magician.
1: Yeah, he uh, he was a great – he came in a red eye, and he rebought six times. <laughs> and he did some amazing magic tricks that I'm still trying to figure out. And he also played a guy heads up for $1,000 because <laughs> he wouldn't play anything less, and he beat him in seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, you
3: get to also – I know you'll get to see Jason cry which he does when he introduces uh, other folks connected to the tournament. It's wonderful to see how emotional you are about this. I I can't wait. Anything else that people should know?
1: You know This is just a a great event. Um, This year I have in store, I'm just trying to add more value to the tournament. So I'm investing more in prizes and making sure it's worth your, as a player, to appreciate what's going on here. Um, This is all heart family reunion type of event. It's not, a, you know, one of those tournaments in Foxwood that you see that everyone's just a player. Everyone's there to have fun, understand why they're there for the cause, and have a great time. I mean, you, you have, let's see, in the 10 years, I've had only two Royal flushes and one straight flush. I, I, you know, I, I don't know what the odds are, but there should have been more than that. No?
3: <laughs> I don't know, I guess maybe. Uh, listeners, I just want you to know two things, and then we're going to close. First of all, the website, MS Charity Poker, M-S-C-H-A-R-I-T-Y-P-O-K-E-R dot com. You can go there, you can sign up for the tournament. Can you pay online? Of course you can, yes. Okay, Yes. the second thing is, for those of you that are serious about poker, this is an easy, soft field, and the best chance you could possibly have – of winning a seat in a $10,000 event, um, it's one in 130. You're limiting it to 130 players, right? That's correct. So it's a great shot. I'm going to be there, so I'm going to be some tough competition because I'm definitely playing, but I just can't wait. Just can't can't wait. wait. It's going to be a great time. All right. Well, thank you, Jason. And, again, the website, mscharitypoker.com. I hope our listeners will sign up quickly, and then I'll get to meet some of you down in Port Chester at TJ's Restaurant, 223 Westchester Avenue, Port Chester, New York. Thanks for joining us, Jason. Thank you for having me. See you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, listeners, stay tuned. We'll be back after a quick break.
4: Just use offer code B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com.
0: You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards radio network. Check us out at houseofcardsradio.com. You're listening to the House of Cards.
5: Casino said he wasn't much of a player. Why have a guy like
0: that
1: at your game? You obviously don't play poker. That's exactly why you want somebody like that at your
2: game.
3: Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You have tuned into the mailbag section of. House of Cards, where I am joined by Dave Weishattle, my very handsome producer. Oh,
0: thank you very much. There you go. (laughs) Uh, What do you have for us this week? Well, this is the greatest time right before the World Series final table when you poker writers trying to find every new angle there is to analyze this table. And I think a couple of our listeners zeroed in on a couple of the articles I've read. Let me get this right. Vince from Mount Laurel, New Jersey, and also J.A. from Port St. Lucie, Florida. I guess they read the same article I saw and they want to know is the chip leader that big of a deal going into the final table? Let me, let me tell you why. Because one of the statistics I've seen is since 2002, only four chip leaders going into the final table have won the championship. So is it that big of an advantage?
3: Well, that's actually a statistic that tends to show that it is a big advantage. Mm-hmm. If four times out of the last 11 years. The chip, 2002 to Mm -hmm. today, that would be 11 years. Four times the chip leader has won. That's like 35% of the time, while statistically it should only be about 12% of the time. Mm -hmm. So it would seem to indicate that it's a huge advantage. The bottom line is well, there's no real bottom line, but there are three (laughs) things that I would consider having just thought about it for the first time. One is that having more chips is definitely an advantage, and if you studied poker tournaments, At large, um, I think you'd find a very strong improvement in your chances of winning based on your chip lead. And, in fact, relative chip stacks, you often can settle tournaments um, based on just the chip stacks going into the final table. You could do a cut of the prize pool, and it would be over a 1,000 tournaments. I bet it would be pretty close to the average amount that people ended up with because it would depend on a lot – how much of a chip lead you have, Okay, right? Yeah. If you are just a little bit ahead, or I mean, if you had 80% of all the chips and you're uh-huh. the chip leader out of nine players, that's an enormous advantage. I would expect an enormous correlation between being the chip leader and being the winner. The second consideration is the relative skill of the player who's the chip leader to the rest of the field.
0: That's what okay. I was going to ask about. Is um, the, the level is so high at the final table, you would think that the other players could get around the fact that they're not in the lead with regard to chips.
3: Well, I think it would depend. I mean, if somebody happened to be a luck box and lucked <laughs> into uh, unbelievable double up opportunities, where he you know caught runner runner flush and ended up you know doubling his stack or whatever, and ended up at the final table because of an enormous confluence of lucky uh, lucky hands, and he happened to be the chip leader, and the other people who were there got there because of good, solid, aggressive, skillful play. You might say that his chip lead doesn't really matter that much because he's against people that are going to be able to, uh, especially if they're all at the same table, aiming at him every single hand, they're going to be able to beat him. So one would be how much of a chip lead he has. The second would be the relative skill value. And the third thing I would think would be important is how the player plays when he is the chip leader. Is he an experienced tournament player who's used to final table play when he has an aggressive chip lead, when he has a large chip lead? Is he somebody who finds himself really for the first time against really skillful players when he has a large chip lead and, frankly, has no experience? So, you know, if somebody is a neophyte and happens to be a huge chip leader, even if he's relatively skillful but has never been in that situation, doesn't know how to play a huge advantage, you'd say he has not nearly the percentage chance of winning as a guy like Greg Raymer, who is known to be great when he's a chip leader because he's able to use his chip advantage uh, in a very skillful way to leverage uh, his advantage over other players. So I think those are the three things you'd have to think about.
0: Look at that. You right off the cuff. Man. I, I want to tell everyone he doesn't know the questions. Didn't know I the questions. Didn't know the questions. I can be with the best. Answer. Yeah, right. Well, here's another question. Someone asked me two weeks ago, and uh, I didn't get a chance to ask you last week. The last five years... The players who have won the championship has been between age twenty four and twenty one. Why so young? All of a sudden, do you I don't see?
3: Know. I don't know. I mean, I know the is it uh, online. Conventional wisdom. I mean, is
0: it that? Is well, it... the
3: conventional yeah. wisdom is uh, twofold. One, the people who are younger tend to be the most aggressive online players or the most experienced online players because they started very early and they have. I, I forget the stats. 190 years of experience (laughs) if you go for how many hands they've played compared to people of the pre-internet generation at their age because they've been able to play so many hands, um, many times playing more than one or two or five hands at the same time. That's half of the equation. Uh, I'm not saying statistically half, but that's one of the two things. The second is that because of the format, of the main event being over so many days and up until recently being very long and tiring and stressful days, there is something, something to be said for the stamina and energy of youth, you know, trumping that of uh, the wizened old veterans' experience. I think it may be a combination of those things, and I also think it may be a, an, a statistical matter that so many more young players are playing that they have a much deeper, a much greater chance of going deep into the tournament. I mean, I don't know what the stats are as far as the mean age of the main mm-hmm. event final tableist. I suspect it's no higher than thirty and probably around twenty seven, twenty six. It's young, boy, it's so uh... <laughs> all right. It so it, it clashes with our image, at least we oldsters' image of the great poker player being somebody in his fifties and white and American <laughs> and male when you realize that, well, if you look at all the people that are trying to uh, win the main event, uh, there are a lot of Asians, there are a lot of non-American players, uh, a few women, and a lot of young players as opposed to older white males. I wonder how much it deviates from the mean uh, age or the median age uh, of the entrance. I suspect that. Uh, It's a little bit younger, but not incredibly
0: younger than the mean or the median age. Uh, I'd be interested in seeing the stats. I'm sure that you've gone for a number of years over the, you know, decade or... Have you seen the young people more and more as years go on, or is it... I'm looking at one
3: piece of an elephant. I haven't noticed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been going to the World Series uh, for 12 years now, and I don't know. I mean, you see a lot of people and... I haven't done any polling or any uh, scientific. I don't know if they're younger or older. Uh, They were pretty young when I started going and they're, pretty young now and i'm a lot older now than i was 12 years ago in fact precisely 12 years older so i i couldn't say i yeah i think they're probably younger but i'm not certain
0: well speaking of a young white male playing poker you just got done with a tournament over the weekend right see how i segued into that
3: yeah but i'm I'm not a young male i'm 56 years oh, old you look good you, you look, look good you hey, look smell good look good. <laughs> look good talk good um it was fargo weekend
0: okay what does fargo stand fargo
3: stand there was actually some controversy about what it stands for but it has always stood for the Foxwoods Annual Recreational Gambling Outing. Okay. And it is the product of a now largely unused Internet uh, discussion group called Recreational Gambling Poker, poker, RGP for short. And RGP was uh, a way for people all over the world to discuss poker on the Internet. You said was is it well now or is it's it... been so dominated in the last okay. ten years by spammers okay. uh, that it's hardly used okay. anymore. Uh, people are much more likely to use two plus two, uh-huh. uh, but not in the same way. Two plus two has always been a more serious, moderated forum. This was unmoderated, and it was everybody.
0: They at, won't allow our posts. By the way. <laughs>
3: They, oh, well, you know, they are Damn very them. proprietary. <laughs> they don't like whom they don't like. Yeah. They want people that are boosters of 2 plus 2 yeah. and not people yeah. who are boosters of other uh, other publishers, other authors and the like. But in any event, <laughs> RGP was a, an international discussion group about poker. People went on, posted, responded to other people's posts. Uh, there was a lot of very good content Back in the day, uh, Mike Caro posted, Luke Krieger, wow. oh. David Sklansky, who was one of the founders of 2 Plus 2, and then a bunch of anonymous people, including Ashley Adams that nobody knew and just had, you know <laughs> thought things through and responded and learned and posted their opinions. And then around, I think, in the late 90s, folks who had been, maybe early 2000s, folks who had been posting said, hey, let's get together and play poker with each other and let's get together in Las Vegas which was the site of BARGE, which was the big annual recreational gambling excursion, <laughs> acronym BARGE, which still okay. goes on. And it's about a week of people meeting and playing all sorts of interesting tournaments, socializing, drinking, playing games, having fun. So what you did was the East Coast version of that? Right. All right. And that was Foxwoods. And uh, it used to include a wonderful buffet dinner sponsored by poker stars that recognize that we are some of the leaders of you know, internet poker and yeah, we were the, the biggest community. boosters. That's yeah. right. So oh, yeah. they would sponsor a wonderful buffet at Custy's, which was an all-you-can-eat huge buffet in uh, Ledyard, Connecticut. Actually, North Stonington. They still subsidize. I think uh, what's become a twenty-dollar uh, steak dinner. Uh, we, <laughs> we pay twenty bucks. Fair. We get a sixty-dollar dinner. And we just met up and I had a wonderful weekend with my Internet poker friends who have become real friends. My friend, my poker playing friend, Jim Hexter, came down from Boston. Uh, Tracy and Rick Becker helped organize it. In fact, they did the organizing. Tracy, who's a wonderful, wonderful, gregarious woman, uh, won the No Limit Hold'em tournament, which is the most prestigious of them. My friend Jim finished fourth in the Stud and Stud 8 tournament. And we had a great time. So I had a wonderful uh, four, four days. Actually, three. I worked, but uh, went down there and Saturday and Sunday. We had did you commute days. there because I did
0: for people who don't know. Well, that's Friday like a night. what hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, from hour where and a half left? commute.
3: I commute. Yeah. I stayed over one, uh, two oh. nights. I stayed over Thursday night and then uh, Saturday night. Had a great time, and I can't wait till next year. Oh, great! So I think that'll end it. And uh, listeners, good luck and good night and good day.